Hello, darling. Hi, darling. I am Tammy. And I'm Danny. And we are your curators of thought. Right here on Labeled Accordingly. Where we bring you a bit of truth, a bit of fun, and the best conversations. So, let's get into it. Climatic was this election, like... Oh. <laughs> wow, it was um, it was definitely a lot of drama. Everybody took to the stage. Everybody performed very well. <laughs> <laughs> and who was your favorite performance in this drama that was our election? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it again, you know, it reminded me of um, a movie, mm-hmm. Donald Trump always starring as the villain. Um, <laughs> And like, do you know what? I just love um, his commentary around it because it was just so, it was just so like, forget this, you're lying. And I just, I, you know, I love that performance around it because it was, he just, he like, if there was a level of giving zero Fs, I want to be Donald Trump level of zero giving any Fs. He doesn't care. He was like, he didn't care how embarrassing his tweets looked. He didn't care how many people were saying, uh, you lost, bro. He was like, I didn't lose. I won. I won. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to give this one to Donald Trump. Well done. Well done, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I appreciate about Donald Trump. What I appreciate about Donald Trump is his level to not be embarrassed, one, and to be unabashedly who he is. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter what's happening in Donald Trump's world. You are going to get the same Donald Trump every single time. Mm. I think if people thought they were going to get this contrite, uh, magnanimous Donald Trump, they were never going to get it. And I don't think we're ever going to get it. Now, what is going to be interesting is what happens when it's time to uh, the change of power, right? So Mm. for generations, what happens typically in an election is that the, the the outgoing president would concede to the incoming president and it would be civil. Um, and you saw that um, with Obama and Donald. And although you could just see in Obama's face and body language, like he hated having to be civil to Donald Trump as the president, he mm. did it anyway because that's decorum. Now yes. we yeah. got Donald Trump who has not done one single thing in his presidency by decorum. So yeah. I think the act two is going to be watching this exchange of power between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And I'm more looking forward to that than I am anything else, because to your point, this is a movie and we're all just watching. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're watching the movie. Joe Biden probably won't even hear Donald Trump. <laughs> just, <laughs> just been out there. Like, I think old boy is already in his own world. True. That doesn't coincide with our world. But, you know, here we are. He's your president. So, ain't got to worry about that. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I, 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 I said this to you. Um, and I've talked a little bit about this. Um, I actually made a video to this point about my feelings around this win of Joe Biden. And I will say, I will concede that I, I believed from the beginning that Donald Trump would get in for a second term. Mm. Um, only because my thought around it was I don't think the elites are quite done with him because he was the perfect puppet 
for the elites, but I think somewhere in the end, he went a little rogue yeah. and they said, yeah, time for you to go because you're not following what we, what the agenda we set. Um, and so Joe Biden is now our president. Um, yeah. I still stand by the fact that our presidents are selected for us and yeah. not elected. And I think this election was, I think what I will say, the powers that be made it kind of anticlimactic to, I think, drive home to the point to the American people that, yes, 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 your vote really counts. And I think that's what this was all about, trying to drive home that point to make people really believe that their votes counted in this election. Until they started throwing them away. (laughs) Yeah, until they started throwing them away. So I just think that's kind of what this was. But I, to be excited about a Joe Biden or um, Harris win is to ignore these people's public records yeah i mean you would have to suspend critical thinking and reasoning to be excited about this win and i'm just not one of those people that can go away or do away with critical thinking and reasoning and one of the questions i've asked my friends my black women friends is knowing what we know about um Kamala Harris's um, record, particularly as a prosecutor in the state of California, mm-hmm. and all that she did not to just dismantle Black families by removing Black men, but keeping them in prison past their release date for cheap slave labor in California. My question to them is, how do you suspend your reasoning or critical thinking to be proud of a black woman as the VP when this black woman has single-handedly done so much damage to this community she purports to be a part of. And so I'm waiting to get the responses on how do black women do that and black people in general do it. And so I don't think personally anybody winning this election is ever a win for the American people. I think it is a win for the people in power. Um, and I know that's hard for people to hear and I, that's hard for people to grasp because nobody wants to participate in a democracy that they feel they have no control over. And so I think people hold on to the idea that, yes, my vote counts. Yes, what I do really matters because to not have that is dispiriting. And I get that. But, yeah, this win is going to be interesting and it's going to be interesting to see what the agenda um, is that comes out of the Biden-Harris White House and how much of what they are going to propose is going to help the very people, Black people, that help get them into office. So this is going to be interesting. And I, I feel like in the next four years, we're going to have a lot to talk about on this podcast about you know, what's happening around the election of Biden and Harris. What, what were your thoughts when you got the news that it was Biden and Harris from a UK perspective? Like, What was the thought over there, do you think? Um, so I'm going to tell you about my own personal perspective. So, okay. you know, I spend a lot of time trying to disalign myself from any type of establishment. Yeah. Because I honestly don't believe in, I don't believe our governments are here to help us. They're here to be, in my opinion, they're here to be elected and then re-elected and then whatever else is on the agenda just happens like coronavirus. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't. I, I spend a lot of time trying not to be moved by whoever wins. I don't care. I believe yeah. I govern myself. Um, 
But when I got the news, I was disappointed. And I was disappointed more so because it proved my theory on how much, especially black people, I'm not going to lay, I'm not going to pin this on any other person of colour outside of black. I'm, I, 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 I realised how much tokenism is... Um, is, mm. is is a win for us like it's Ooh, absolutely a win yeah. and that you know that really is what mm. probably moved me more so than anyone winning or not winning um mm. so it's um it's people who can easily be told this person looks like this and will do this so you know it, that's all right and you see someone and then you start aligning them with your own self ambition or whatever um, yeah. which doesn't ever prevail because you know in in, in about six months time we're going to have more black people saying that they they've lost their jobs and all the rest of it so you know does it matter that Kamala is in office I don't know I'm going to say no from me but I live in the UK so it may be different in the US but um what 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 bothered me more is is that and, and you can see it from people not championing the win. They're not championing the win. They're not saying, well done to the Democrat Party. They're championing Kamala. That's it. They don't, couldn't care less about Joe. Joe can go run in a river now. They don't care what <laughs> Joe's doing. All they care is, is that this woman, who they didn't know a, and like, didn't a year like. ago. No, beyond has... didn't know. They didn't like a year ago. This woman, mm. when she was in the primary, they did not like her. They did not want her. Mm. So beyond not knowing the woman, they didn't like her. But it, it, it'd almost be like, um, it'd almost be like in in four or eight years' time, Candy Owen running. You know what yeah. I mean? Like to that level where black people don't generally don't really want to even shit on her really right now. But if in four years or eight years' time that woman was running, would it be the same? No, they I, I think I think they would. The Candace Owen, and this is another thing that I found so dispiriting um, around this election, and particularly, I'm going to follow your lead here and just talk about Black people because I I think to talk about any other group would be foolish because I don't mm-hmm. reside to any other group um, mm-hmm. as of right now, and this is kind of what our podcast is about, right? Labeled accordingly. So I'm just going to go with the Black label to for for the purpose of this conversation. So this is the label I'm using that when I saw the responses to this win and people sharing memes with, which was interesting, Black people could have given two flying flutes about Lil Wayne until Lil Wayne said he was going to be voting for Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> And then all of a sudden we pretended to care that we cared what the hell Lil Wayne thinks, does, or anything else. Mm. But there was a meme going around and it had a picture of Lil Wayne and Ice Cube in these um, like slave women dresses and how black people were sharing this meme and saying these Uncle Toms can go and these Coons can go. And it was so disheartening to me that every other group within the, the political scene has the autonomy to have different points of views politically. And they aren't attacked within their community with the same viciousness that black people attack other black people that share a different point of view. And I was so disgusted by it. And particularly, again, nobody cared about Lil Wayne. 
So why now do you care about Lil Wayne voting for Donald Trump? Why does that even move the radar for you? And to Ice Cube, Ice Cube never came out and said he supported Donald Trump. What he came out and said, we came up with a plan for Black America, not people of color, Black America. And I wanted mm -hmm. to present that plan to both parties and yeah. how Black people attacked him and made him a coon for trying to come up with a plan for us that was I, I couldn't readily even, available to both parties. I, I couldn't even listen to the discussion around Ice Cube because if we were going by who does more for the Black community, Ice Cube or Joe Biden, Ice Cube would win hands down. Right. So I couldn't even... I wouldn't even lower myself to that stupid conversation because Ice Cube, like how do how how do what are we saying then? Right, Ice Cube just fell off. Ice Cube was the only member from NWA who sat with that message about police brutality up until he sat with that message up until today. Whenever we he has conversations, those are the conversations that he also that he centers around. Ice Cube is the only um, black movie director in Hollywood who actually distributes his money back into the black community. Right. Tyler Perry doesn't because Monique already told us he doesn't, and we know he doesn't. That Lee Daniel da um, Lee Daniels he doesn't. We know homeboy had to pull up on him to go get his money back from him we know that these people don't do these things but yet they give they they do the tokens they say the right things they're pictured with the right people and we think they're great meanwhile the people who are actually helping the communities are the ones that get run through dragged and and called an uncle tom in a dress we don't worry about black men in dresses anymore we've already seen plenty of those little boule ones in dresses it don't move us anymore we're not bothered by that so why are we still sharing it? Like, what is, what is it? What is the problem with someone saying, I actually don't think this party or this party is really here for the people. Right. But we need the party because we still live in a democracy. So yes. we need a party. So let's pose a different question. Yes. Why are we calling black people out of their names? Because they want to pose different questions. What is right. that? Well, it's this group monolithic thought that black people assign to all black people. You know, I, you and I have had plenty of conversations about my political stripes and my political leanings. And I always labeled myself of a liberal conservative. I'm very liberal on social issues. And I do think people should have the autonomy to live lives that they choose to live as long as they're paying taxes in a country and in a democracy. So mm -hmm. if, if I have the right as a citizen to be married and get tax benefit from it, then somebody who's gay um, should have the same right. So I'm liberal in my social view and standing, but I'm super conservative in the way that I live my own personal life, mm -hmm. the way that I raise my children and the way that I conduct my financial affairs. Right. And mm -hmm. so, but I think that's true for all people. I think everybody is a, a mix of liberal and conservative, mm -hmm. but to be a part of the Democratic Party, it seems, and it's, it's going more left than it ever has, is that you have to align yourself with everything left. And if you have an idea or thought that goes against anything, then you're labeled something, you're labeled a coon, you're labeled an Uncle Tom. And I just think it's so destructive to Black people to be having these conversations around Black people. Because here's the thing, 
white people don't have to call us that. White people mm-hmm. don't even have to call us the N-word because we're so busy doing it to each other. Meanwhile, you got white people in America that are both liberal and conservative and, you know, what other white people don't attack them in the same way. You have Hispanic people who are liberal and conservative. Other mm-hmm. Hispanics don't attack mm-hmm. them in the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. It's us doing it to ourselves. And it's like, I want black people to get to a place that we give people autonomy of thought. We don't allow it. So I've just, I, I've just Googled um, <laughs> the, the actual Webster and Oxford's definition of um, uh, racist, a racist. So a racist is a person with a prejudiced b- belief that one race is superior to others. Mm. A, a, and then the adjective is racist based on racial intolerance. So racist remarks or racist discriminatory especially on the basis of race or religion. I believe we should be, I believe that they should add thought to that. And then that whole definition would be how many black people treat other black people. And we should be allowed to call other black people racist. Well, I I, I do call black people, I do call. See, here's the thing. You and I have had this conversation, right? Around the race issue in that somehow we have been led to believe as black people that because we have no systematic way of discriminating against another group, that mm-hmm. we cannot be racist. And that is a fallacy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think you just read the definition of racist. And based on that definition, it said nothing about systems. It talks mm-hmm. primarily about thinking that you're better than mm-hmm. another race. How mm-hmm. many black people walk around saying we are the original pa- yeah. people, mm-hmm. we are the superior mm-hmm. race, mm-hmm. right? That is a racist person. And I'm not saying that black people can't be racist because we can the same way white people can be racist and Spanish people can be racist but my my focus isn't so much on us being racist to anybody else I, I want to talk about why we do it to each yeah, other absolutely why that's what I think with each other this election should always be about democracy it should, it should be about, about choice and our, de- and our democracy the election shouldn't be based on and I'm saying this as someone who lives in the UK so you know I always get American people saying you don't know anything you're British (laughs) we live in a democracy that is true you are British you know I am British I do live here but we also live in a democracy so I get it like our vote shouldn't be based on uh, on sentiment it should be based on what people believe will benefit them whether you believe that it will benefit you or not, that's a completely different story. So if I believe that something that something that you don't believe, it shouldn't mean that I have to pick and choose not only who I'm voting for, but whether or not I belong to the race that Very I true. want to yes. belong to. Yeah. I, I Listen, like I said, this election for me was anticlimactic because mm. I had already emotionally removed myself from the outcome. And watching friends i mean like not be able to concentrate and have heart palpitations and be so upset about this election outcome for me it said one of two things is that do you not have enough confidence and belief in yourself Mm -hmm. and do you not have a community that would support you no matter what the outcome was right so if we as black people had spent some of this time building communities with other black people whether that's a business owner or somebody in the workplace where you create connections that no matter what the outcome you had a network around you that would support you anyway so when I was saying to people like no matter what the outcome I'm going to be Gucci 
because that's just the truth. It yeah. doesn't matter who the president is. What I've spent my time doing is building relationships and connections with other black people and other women who, who may not be black, but other mm-hmm. people to insulate myself and create a community that I would be okay. I would be okay mm-hmm. financially. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay for work. I'd be okay for business that I would be okay. And I think if we spent enough time concentrating on building communities that insulate us somewhat from what's happening outside of us, we wouldn't have felt all this nervousness and angst Mm -hmm. because America didn't become more racist because Trump was in the white house. It didn't be, you know, we were always a racist nation. And I think, you know, maybe we masked some of that under this, you know, we are the change we want under the Obama eight years. We, We may have masked that, but Trump didn't just uncover racist people. Um, America has always been that. And to pretend that racism just kind of read his hair with Trump is disingenuous, you know, because the truth is, and this is what I would like to ask people. When you went to work, the white person that you were working with every day, did they seem more racist or less racist when Trump became president? You probably experienced them the exact same way. Yeah, I think, I think you, we generally, um, I think not only did people feel like people became more racist um, because Trump Trump was in, and possibly what Trump was saying, let's not lie, it was antagonistic and um, disgraceful. Yeah. A lot of what he said. And I can understand that if you hear that and you spend a lot of your time watching the television, you're going to believe that other people believe him, especially if you see, when you see numbers, it's like what we're seeing now with... um, you know, the corona death count or, sorry, not death count, case count, because, you know, not many people are dying from it anymore. But when we were seeing the corona death count, it made us have this sense of urgency to want to do something. And it also made us feel quite frightened. And I feel like if you spent a lot of your time watching um, Donald Trump and you, I mean, I don't use Twitter because (laughs) why disturb my peace like that? But when you... Uh, if you're spending time online on social media, watching CNN, watching Fox, watching all the, you know, all of this stuff and seeing that Donald Trump's saying this and then you're seeing that some people agree with him. Those yeah. people had already agreed with him. Even before Donald Trump was who Donald Trump was, those people already thought those things. And the reason why you didn't see it was because there wasn't an outlet, just like there wasn't an outlet for Black Girl Magic before there was an outlet for Black Girl Magic. So to some unsuspecting person who didn't know about black girl magic and just sees it for what it is they might feel like wow look at all of this anti-white stuff and so you're seeing it in that way they're seeing it in that way and the the world hasn't changed all we're seeing is that we're just seeing it for what it is we're just seeing it that some people agree with this and some people agree with that most people who go into the workplace are pretty centered right and but because you have this heightened sense of everything's racist, you're now seeing everything as racist. You're seeing it as the, you're seeing it from the perspective of the thousands of tweets that you're reading a week, from the thousands of people that you don't know that you probably will never come across in your life because they're probably not real. You're thinking that everybody thinks like this. So whenever you walk into a situation where you're from, one group and someone else is from another group you're experiencing that from your own 
thoughts from right. your own interactions with maybe robots online. Right. You know, and so you're going to, you're not going to navigate a conversation from a place of, oh, I didn't quite like what you said. And like, let's talk about it. You're now pent up with this person approached me in a way that felt racist. And it didn't feel racist. It felt like that because you'd been spending 20 hours watching what Donald Trump said online. Donald Trump is an actor. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think people understand. I don't think they understand their politics is a stage play and all of these people are coming on the stage and they're performing right Mm -hmm. because the iteration of Kamala Harris that you saw on stage is not the same after you saw when she was running for district attorney in California when she was trying to be the top cop like all of her stances softened why because she's in a different play she's on a different stage and it's the same thing with Joe Biden it's the same thing with Donald Trump and I think if people don't get away from this politics and identity politics mm. then we're not going to make the right decisions that we need for our country and our democracy as much as we can and the system relies on all of us having group thought that's the way the system thrives right so if all black people fall into the democratic system of group thought that no matter who the democrats put up it doesn't matter what they do we're going to vote for them and if all the poor white people fall into the Republican thought. It doesn't matter what they're saying, how disgraceful, how awful, how divisive we're going to, we, we, we have to vote Republican. Mm-hmm. Then none of us get the country that we want. No. And if you're all, and if we get the country that they want, right? Yeah. Not the one we want yeah. because we decided we're, we're going to move into our corners and nobody's moving from it. And, and, and to be honest, move into your corners. That's absolutely fine. During election week, it can get heightened. But what's been happening is now outside of during uh, outside of election week, people are making these definite choices to not engage with people in a proper, decent, respectful way. And, and right. they're choosing not to engage with people um, based on someone having a different thought process with them, right. as them, and that is uh, that's dangerous because it is dangerous. It's so dangerous because what we'll do is we'll we'll go in, we'll all be in our corners, and at some point, someone needs to go into a world where they're engaging with people who might disagree with them. But what will happen is everyone's just agreeing with each other, and then you secretly go out, and you might later on when you've established this relationship with someone you might find out that they're actually intolerant. Right. And then what do you do? Right. Because that happens. That ha- Has that not happened to you? That's happened a I lot. Mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I had an entire marriage. I mean, I could give you a whole book that lasted 14 years if we want to talk about that. <laughs> but, you know, these are things where um, if we don't have, we need to have uncomfortable conversation. Every relationship, whether it's a work relationship, business partnership, your marriage, whatever relationship that you're entering in, at some point, there's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. And what we need to get okay with is that those uncomfortable conversations are going to last maybe, let's say it lasts a week, a week out of your entire lifetime. What is that? Right. You know, you have these conversations and you have to sit there and, and, and decide, do I believe in what I believe in enough to not move? And if so, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to move. Right. And that person doesn't have to move. But then you have to make a decision as to whether or not that's where you need to be and that's where that person needs to be. Right. That's a personal yeah. decision. 
For sure. You know, I always say that if you're only talking to people that are confirming what you believe, you're not, you're not getting knowledge. Knowledge is getting access to information you didn't have before. Knowledge is getting a, having a different thought than you've never thought before. That's when you know that you're really, really learning something new. If every person that comes into your life is only confirming what you already know, you are not learning. You're only confirming your thoughts and what your belief system is. You need to be having conversations with people that think differently than you, that have a different point of view than you, because you're getting knowledge, you're getting information, you're getting access to information you didn't have before. And to your point, I think it's okay for people to pick their sides and stay in it. I think that's perfectly okay when you get down to who you're going to pull the lever for. But in these four years, what I hope people do, and this is how we save our democracy, um, and that we don't get the politicians that neither side likes, right? Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of Democrats, like myself, Mm -hmm. who aren't happy with who we ended up with. But the way we we get the the politicians that we want as Democrats and as Republicans is in this four years is that we all come to the middle and we start talking. Yeah, we need to And we don't talk from a place of rhetoric. We talk from a place of, tell me the America you want to see as a Democrat. Tell me the America you want to see as a Republican. And I think if people move to the middle on both sides, left and right, move to the middle, they will find they have more in common in what they want the country to be and look like than they don't. But each side sticks to the fringes of each side of those political parties. And if we don't allow a different thought process for black people, liberal people, conservative people, if all the conservatives have to believe that Donald Trump is, you know, the savior that God sent, because we saw a lot of that too. And I, I will tell you my the best part for me in this election is just going back and watching all the prophets backtrack on the <laughs> prophecies. I got to tell you, it's been like joyous. I've had the most fun all weekend just watching these prophets that swore that God told them that Donald Trump was getting a second turn, come out and apologize for IE lying to people. So that's been fun. But if conservatives move away from this idea that we have to support Donald Trump, no matter how gross he is, no matter how divisive he is, no matter how undiplomatic he is, if they move away from that that position, and if the left move away from, well, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden isn't the best, and he's always kind of sleepy, and no, we don't like Harris's, but we got to support her. If we both move from these positions and meet in the middle and say, when you think about the country you want, what does it look like? I promise you that most people are sitting in the middle but they feel allegiance to both left and right. And so the people in the middle get lost. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people in the middle get lost and they get unheard. And what, and what ultimately ends up happening is those people in the middle either end up being the people who default secretly pick Democrat when, you know, their group or their label tells them they shouldn't or they pick Republican when their group or their label tells them they shouldn't or they just choose not to vote at all and that's not really where we want people to be we want people to feel like that really believe I mean I don't know how much we can believe that people's votes count but let's just leave that for another conversation but you want people to believe they're in a democracy you want people to feel like I have the like you want people to feel enough of a collective 
but with some individualism. So right. we don't all aspire to live in the same type of houses, in the same type of neighbourhood, right. in the same... Right. We don't do that, regardless of what label we fall under, whether we're black, white, whatever, we all have different choices. Some of us like to live in a warmer climate, some of us like a colder one, some of us like a big house, some of us like a bungalow. Like We all have different preferences but ultimately the collective is the human collective right so ultimately we have this shared experience where we're saying what we really want is to feel safe to have access to right food and water um and healthcare healthcare and all of these things so we really need to be able to let people have that conversation where they're saying okay ultimately we want to have these shared collective things but here are some of the individual ones that we want Yes. And based on and, and usually based on the individual ones that might make them lean more left or right or wherever, you know, but wherever they fall, yeah, wherever they fall. And we should be absolutely OK with that. We should be absolutely as much as we're OK with some people being tea drinkers, some people being coffee drinkers. We should be absolutely OK with some people being Republican, some people being Democrat. But but exactly like what you said, we should be absolutely not okay collectively with having people who obviously lie to us both sides right obviously like that should be the thing that should make us all uproar where wherever we fall on the spectrum we should right. all collectively be say we want honest people to pick from from right. and that's right. absolutely not what we're getting right and that, that's I, over there. That's where you are. And it's here as well in the UK. We're not getting honest people. We're not getting people who tell us the truth. You know, recently, um, recently, David Cameron came out and said, uh, you know, as recently as this year, David Cameron's come out and said he didn't even want to do Brexit. So why did you do it? Mm. You know, so we're, we're not we're not really holding these people accountable for the the errors that they're making and often many of us are making excuses for one side or the other because i have lots of i have so many conversations with people who will um you know who are, are who don't support donald trump and they will excuse away everything that um bill clinton has said barack obama has said um joe biden has said they will find excuses that i mean someone i spoke to said oh you know we um they they don't necessarily get to do that themselves that wasn't their decision so then why do you feel that way about donald trump then do you not give donald trump the same excuse and these are the things that i I think we need to really hold ourselves accountable for saying we are just excusing them away because we really strongly don't like their opponent right um and or we say, do you know, we don't give you these excuses. We, do, we, can't, we can't excuse you for that. You're going to have to come back and explain why this doesn't add up and why this and, and hold them so much more accountable than we actually do. Um, and, 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 and we need to 100% under the black label, we need to stop with the, with the bloody tokenism. We need to stop with that. We need, we, we should not get a carrot dangled in our faces yeah. Just because they represent something that we think we are. Right. Because That's there ex- are psychopaths that look like us. Exactly. Exactly. And I, it, the DC sniper looked like us. And it's mm. funny because I remember when that story broke. Every, every black person I know, we were like, well, that's not us. You know, we don't do that. We don't go around killing people. And then 
when when it turned out that he was black, it was like this audible gasp. And it's like we need to move away from this group think like that is a bad person. Like when white people are serial killers, collectively white people don't go, oh, another one of us. They mm-hmm. go on about their day. They yeah. just go, well, that's a bad guy. And I don't understand black people. We have to give ourselves permission to say, well, that's just yeah. a bad guy. It has nothing yeah. to do we, with we being black. We will explain it away and we need to stop doing that. We need to so stop doing I, that. I, so we literally had, a bad thing. last week here in the um, UK, we had a guy who, and it was such a tragic event. I shared the video with you. So there was a guy who abducted a young girl on her way to school. So she's on her way to school early in the morning. And in the UK, it's quite dark in the morning. So um, it would have been easy for someone to sneak up behind this child and take her. And he, um, we don't, I, I mean, I don't know how far he got with her, but he has now been charged with rape. Um, mm-hmm. He took her and some, and you know, a, a, another young girl and her sister just happened to see him with his hand over this girl's mouth. And he was walking away, so they filmed it and said, um, you know, what what he was doing with her. And he very, 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 like, with a lot of um, comprehension, there was no stuttering in his voice, there was nothing. He said very clearly, this is my sister, it's my sister, you know, kept repeating, like, she's my family. Like, not, there was nothing in him that would show any kind of diminished responsibility or anything like that you know this guy very clearly walked up to this young girl then sort of crept up behind her grabbed her with this agenda in his head knowing exactly what he was doing so anyway we've we've come out of this and everybody's shocked and we've got like little vigilante groups now but i'm still hearing black people excusing him using the mental health this is his black men and their mental health and this is not a he very clearly made that decision with a very clear mind right and we need to stop doing that we need because if we're not going to do it for someone with a different label so if that was a white person or a white male who did that we wouldn't assign him as mentally ill we would straight away want to burn him at the stake right we wouldn't give him any excuses. We wouldn't give him anything. And we would also complain when we see school shooters shooting at the school and they assign that mental health label to them. We need to stop doing that ourselves. We need to hold people accountable and say, it doesn't matter that you look like us. It doesn't matter that you fall under our, the same label as us. You, it doesn't matter that your identity links to our identity in some way, shape or form. Born, yeah. You don't get a pass for doing what you did. Right. And I, listen, I'm hoping as we have more conversations, particularly on this podcast, and I hope this becomes a space for people, not just black people, whatever your label is, but for people to come here and hear a different point of view. And some, some of the audience will agree with what we say, and some will completely disagree. And we, we welcome that discussion to tell us why you disagree. Because again, what we're trying to do here with this podcast is get new information. So it's not about us giving you something that you didn't have, but I'm sure there's plenty of people that can join on this podcast and give us some information that we don't have. But we've got to move away from all these labels that prevent us from seeing each other as the only label that matters, which is humans. That's the one label we all share. Humanity Mm -hmm. is the label that we all share. And if we move away from black, gay, straight, lesbian, trans, you know, disabled, 
mentally, you know, all these labels that we think we need to lead with and lead with the humanity label, I think we can have meaningful discussions. And I think if we start doing that in our regular lives, I hope that, you know, that trickles into our politics, that Mm -hmm. if somebody is sitting next to you that's considered themselves right leaning or moderate or left leaning, that you lead with humanity first, that you can hear why they think and feel because we are the sum total of our experiences, right? Mm. So you come to a place of being left-leaning or right-leaning based on your experiences in the world and that people are going to have different experiences, which then informs some of their politics. Mm. But if you show up to a conversation leading with your humanity first, you probably can share something or give them some information that they didn't have before. To It may not change their point of view, but it may make them consider your point of view differently. And so when they are having conversations, their rhetoric isn't so left, you know, hitting to offend the right. And their rhetoric isn't so right leaning that it offends the left. But people have conversations that meet in the middle. And I, and I hope that's what we do. But with this election, we will see how this all turns out. We've had four years of Donald Trump saying whatever the hell he wants to say most of it completely disgraceful and and really mm-hmm. below the office of the presidency yeah right 100 I, I will say that he, his behavior was definitely below the office of the presidency so what i will say for joe biden and maybe because he's been in politics so long so he knows how to be polished and as long as they give him a script and he doesn't fall asleep saying it um, i mean yeah i mean you know joe biden's like the marlon brando of politics he's been around for a long time he is not going to go off script donald trump was put in there to 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 shake things up um and and he did that and we have to just say and account that to donald trump's character because his character has never changed right his character has been his character from the very first day we were introduced to donald trump donald trump's always been the same person yeah, He's, it just became more public because of his position, and some people put him there because I believe a lot of people put him there not because they actually agreed with his rhetoric, but more that they agreed with the fact that politics just looked like an absolute lie. Yeah, it didn't look real, so I think people felt more um, compelled to vote for him, not uh, more so because they just wanted something that looked close to normal in the house so um you know I'm not gonna I don't I don't particularly want to jump on the boat of oh well it's absolutely disgraceful people are voting for a racist and blah 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 I think people mostly and I because I don't assign absolutely terrible absolutely great to anybody we're all an equal amount of both I think yeah and um but I think more people definitely wanted to see or want to see something that resembles them in terms of like live lifestyle, <laughs> to, yeah. you know, and because if you really think about it, Donald Trump's lifestyle is probably more attainable for many of us than any of the other people who have ever been in, the, in that White House, because those people in the White House and most of them who have been in 10 Downing Street, they have had that, I'm going to call it grooming, we can yes. use different words, but they have been groomed to be put to, to be in that position. So with everything that comes with it, the um 
the media training, the the, the way that they can um, dodge questions easily, the way that they can, um, you know, we'll call it we'll call it alternative facts, but <laughs> AKA lie very easily. Right. Um, it's they have been groomed to do that since uh, since childhood. Donald Trump hasn't hadn't been that at all. So Donald Trump was Don was was being Donald Trump in the White House. I I I believe somewhat. You know there was probably yeah, a little and, bit and, of him tempered down, but yeah. I believe Donald Trump was Donald Trump in the White House. The people that we see in there who are traditional politicians, I don't even believe we see ten percent of who they are. Uh, exactly, I will say that, and I think Donald Trump before he became the president, lied all the time in his everyday life. Yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't come into the White House and stop lying. We we just, the people that loved him and followed him, just chose to believe his lies. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, all, he's always been an egomaniac liar. Yeah, he's been that, always been that way. And so yeah. the Donald Trump that you knew before he became the president was the same guy when he became the president. You know, there was no variation of who this guy was. And to your point, the rest of these politicians has been trained and groomed. Like I, I said this um, in my YouTube video that I did was that it, or the thing with these politicians is they are professional liars and they're yeah. good at it. Yeah. That is their job. Like you don't become a politician if you're not a good liar. And so I, I just, what I hope people do with this election, with the election of Biden and Harris and for the people who feel immense joy and hope, for it, I don't want to say you shouldn't feel that because if you feel that, then that's great. Then you hold on to that. Yeah. But what I hope you take with all of this joy that you feel around them is take with you accountability because yeah. we didn't do that, particularly as black people with Barack Obama. No. What we did was we were so excited that somebody black was the president that no matter what he did or didn't do for us, yeah. we didn't even consider it. We didn't care about it. It wasn't as important. And you have Black people today still defend Barack Obama. And they always say, well, he did the, the, the Health Care Act. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But mm-hmm. he did a lot more other things for different groups that he didn't do specifically for yeah. Black people. And the reason why he didn't do it, because we didn't require it. So we I didn't know. We didn't ask and we didn't require it. We didn't say mm-hmm. to him, we showed up for you and we talked to our white friends and our white family members and the white people we love to vote for you. And you need to show up in a meaningful way for the black community. And I hope that we don't go into this presidency with Joe Biden, where black people showed up and showed the hell out and say, just the fact that there's a black woman, that's enough for us. You guys well, I mean, do what you want. We don't really care about it. I, I, I hope we learned from the last black guy, not to I, do it with this I mean, black person. All Kamala now has to do is sing. You know, that's gonna yeah. get. You know, she doesn't have to do much more. Maybe sing and dance. I mean, she's and, already you know, rocked up jig. in converses that make people really feel excited because now she looks down to earth in her converses and Tim's. Oh well, I saw Tim's, but she there's there's loads going around with her in converses. She's in a few sneakers, like she has some sneakers on. She looks regular, um, so. <laughs> that kind of that maybe makes people feel like she's she's attainable to them or something but I I think what we need to start doing is we need to be a little bit smarter with what we're asking for and we actually need to understand and know what we are asking for what are we asking for what 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 does equality look like without what is equality without um without sabotaging uh the white race (laughs) what is equality 
Right. What are we asking for? What, what does it what, look like? And, yeah, I, and I, I don't think like? a lot of black people have answered that question mm-hmm. um, for themselves. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure we haven't answered it collectively, but yeah. I, I think it's something we need to, and this is what we need to be talking about in our communities. And this is why black conservative voices, black moderate voices and black liberal voices all need to be at the table together. having yeah. this conversation. And we need to do that without calling each other Uncle Toms and yeah. Queens and everything else. It's absolutely every not black, a them versus us. It's it like, isn't. Everybody because, has a different individual need every right. and, and then there and is a different the experience yes and that's with it their blackness so we need to be we need to be okay with that it's almost like you know it's like religion again like we sometimes you're in the household of people who are fully ingrained in their um uh christianity and some people are Church of England and some people are Pentecostal and some people are this and 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 collect and you know collectively the under the overarching message is the same and all people need to do is be okay with the fact that people have different there's a different way of practicing it and that's it and just be okay with it that's there's there's no problem with someone being a conservative or um being a liberal if they can respect that people have those tiny outside little individual needs that that, that that help them to live and feel more, a bit more comfortable. And that's it. Everybody wants to be comfortable and everybody has their own idea of what comfortability is. And once we start respecting that, then we can have better conversations. But all I'm seeing right now is so many people, um, so many people asking, why were black people voting Republican? Okay, like, I would be happy to answer that question. I mean, I, I, I don't know, so I don't vote Republican, but I would be happy to ask that question if it didn't have the condescending undertone. Right, right, right. If it was a genuine question, if people were genuinely inquisitive and about why they felt, why someone felt that way, and then could respect that, their views differ for that from theirs, then you can totally have that conversation. But I think right now it's more of an attack as opposed to a real question. And right. we need to get away from that. Right. It is an attack. And I I, I hope this election, this is my hope um, as we wrap up this, this um, podcast, I hope my, from this election that Black people move away from the name calling that we do to one another and allow diverse thoughts around politics um you know i i said that i don't like the idea of summoning our ancestors to vote i think it's disrespectful to do so i think voting is every citizen's civic duty and we don't need to employ emotional tactics to get people to do it Mm. um we should appeal to them going out to vote because it's their civil um, civic duty but i hope we move away from calling each other ugly names because we we vote differently and we think differently every other group in this country has the autonomy to think differently vote differently and believe differently except black people and nobody else is infringing on that except other black people and so whether you are conservative or liberal or in the middle we hope that the conversations that we have here on this podcast will speak to you in some way But the goal really is, as we talk about the black label today, that we move away from name calling one another and um, hold this new White House accountable for issues that are important to us.
And that's what I'm saying. And also, um, maybe not so much off topic, but I don't think we've ever told <laughs> the listeners what it is that we do for a living. We've never yeah. actually spoken about that. We actually help people in their businesses to become these types of people. Yes. So it'd be great for anyone who is listening to, to, to decide whether or not they work in a company that wants to be a company where they can have these conversations. We can totally help you with that, can't we, Tammy? We absolutely can. We help foster these type of conversations and we create a safe space for you to do it. Um, we walk into every company and we don't walk in prejudging anybody's experience. We just listen um, and we help other employees and companies listen because we don't do that. We, we don't listen to understand. We listen to respond. So what we do is help people listen to understand so that their response is appropriate to what they just heard. Yes. Wouldn't you say that's what we do? That is exactly what we do. And it's exciting. And, you know, that's what we want. We want to help more people do. And um, it's great that we can do it on both ends of the world. <laughs> it's quite I know. good. You know, I know. That's, that's really what we want to do. We want people to be able to walk into their companies and not feel automatically attacked or frustrated with not being able to have conversations where they just say something felt not quite right and 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 then not know how to navigate them we want to help you navigate these conversations as well as make your company culture a culture that reflects the world that you want yes we can't do it we we change a little bit of our world through our democracy and voting um but we also have to take that same spirit and attitude into the workplace um and make it a more democratic process and a more equitable workplace for the people that work there. And sometimes it, the conversations we're gonna have, we're not gonna be talking about your race or your gender or your sexuality as much as we're talking about you, who you are, yes. what you bring into the company and what you bring to the table. And we help you move away from the label of whatever label you walk around that you believe is central to who you are and teach you the label of humanity. Because we lead with that label first we change the world and we change our own lives. Yeah, definitely. Well, this was exciting. It's also been a really draining couple of days. <laughs> it, has been. it has been. But I will tell you, and you know, you and I have been talking all, all through. And it's funny because many people don't know. Um, I, I went to bed after election night because I'm like, oh, I'll figure out who won tomorrow. And so Denise called me um, on that Wednesday and I thought she was calling me to tell me who my president was because she's five hours ahead of me. And she called and she's like, Tammy, you guys have what we had in the UK. And I'm like, what? She's like, I think you have a hunk parliament. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they didn't announce our president. She's like, no, you don't have a president yet. So it was so um, dramatic, this election. But yeah. um, we seem to know who the president is going to be. And the next phase of this, which I'm sure Danique and I will have a lot of conversation around about the peaceful or not peaceful and graceful transfer of power mm -hmm. from Donald Trump to Biden. So I'm sure we'll be back to talk about what that looks like, but we'll also be having different conversations around the labels we walk around with and conversations that we hope you will find um, useful. Um, and hopefully you learn something from us because that's our goal, right? Ultimately is that you learn a little bit from us and yeah. we want to learn from you as well as the listener. So if there's something that you 
want us to talk about or you would like to know what our opinions on at the end of this podcast you will find out how to get in touch with us and so for myself on the u.s side thank you for being a part of this podcast today i thank you for listening on labeled accordingly and thank, and thank you so much from london it's been great we'll talk to you guys on the next one Thank you so much, guys, for spending some time today and hanging with us. Let's keep the conversation hot. Follow us on Facebook at Labeled Accordingly. Or if you'd like to talk to us privately, email us at labeledaccordingly at gmail.com. See you guys back here next Friday for a new episode. And, and out this yeah, yeah.